0: Everyone,
1: ho ho ho, Merry Christmas! Today, we are talking about we're not really sure actually, we do know we are talking about our first Christmas book called Holidays by Christine Lawrence.
0: It's actually called Inner Holidays, is that yeah? Mm-hmm. I thought it was just called Holidays, yeah, like days, but it said small on top, like Inner Holidays. Oh, wait, now I know what it is about. This was the Groundhog Day book, it's the Groundhog, but it's not a Groundhog Day, it's a Groundhog mm. Week ish, and mm. I have to say. Um, I started reading this, like, right after the Grey's debacle of charm, <laughs> uh, so I was, you know, very ready to love any book that was coming my way. So I was very, very kind to this book, and I think I gave it four stars, which, mm. if I would have read this off something that I loved, right. it would have probably been more of a, you know, a two-star category. No, three it's style, not a I two-star mean. book. But... It, I I, I was feeling, feeling generous. So it got four stars. This was a book about uh, our main girl, Maylin, who it took forever before I even figured out what her name was. Because, because they, called they called her, her Maisie and, and, and May and Maylin and yeah. whatever. Her name was Maylin anyways. And she is spending, she spent Christmas with her family and it took me a while, too, to figure out how old she was. Because it starts with her creeping out of the basement room and sneaking upstairs to talk to her uncle. And I was like, oh, she's like 14, you know? Yeah. I felt like she was young. And then it turns out, no, she's actually 26. Six, yeah. So, no, not young. But basically, her, Malin and her brother and her parents spend every Christmas together with... Her parents' best friends. From college. From college. Uh, And there's a gay couple with the adopted twins uh, that are five. And then there's the other couple who owns the the chalet where they're at, like the cabin. Yeah. They have two sons. Uh, And they have two sons,
1: Andrew and Theo. And one of them is twenty-six the same age as her,
0: that's Theo. And then the the twenty-nine year old.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Andrew. Andrew.
0: And they've spent every Christmas here since forever since the kids since they were little since before they were born the children i believe so this is like their chosen family is how they refer to it and it starts with the uh, mailin feeling very very distraught because she had an eggnog fueled makeout session with Theo, Theo. which yeah. was not good he licked her face and it was uh... <laughs> i missed the that's licking the what, <laughs> what she said he licked my entire face <laughs> and i was like yeah, I feel like that would be and very good. She describes it, it a good. lot.
1: And she yeah. says, like, that it was messy. There was no, like, spark. And they got her there as soon as possible. And um, so the next day, she's so, feeling quite guilty. She goes yeah. to
0: see him as he's sitting down Well she the goes table. to see her uncle. And then he's like, mm-hmm. you need to speak with Theo. Like, you guys are lifelong friends. Like, you guys are going to have to talk about this. Um, so... She goes to the kitchen, and usually it's just her, Theo and Andrew's dad who's in the kitchen because they're the early morning. Because they're the rice. early risers, they're two peas in the pod. They say you're making editing a chore for me today. <laughs> yeah, a chore. Raven here is keeping me on my toes with my editing skills. So if I miss something, uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, anyways, this morning when she walks in, Theo is at the table, but he's not even freaking looking at her. Like, no. at all. Ignores her, like, at He ignores douche. her. So mm-hmm. she tries to talk to him. It's going so so. And then uh, she escapes with her coffee out onto the, the patio. And Andrew comes along. He's been moved out of the basement where all the children used to sleep in bunk beds. And he's now taken over the boathouse where it's cold. And uh, by now, we're privy to the information that she has been secretly
1: in love with Andrew her whole life. Yeah, since she was like 11.
0: And uh, so Andrew, he's like, oh, I saw you and Theo yesterday. Like, oh, that's new. And she's like. He says something like, oh, we've all been waiting for that to happen, basically. Because at some point the parents had decided that Maylin and Theo should have babies together. You know, like we do when we're parents. And we're like, it's like, I have a son. He's 15. One of my best friends, Maria, had a daughter born seven weeks before Willem. And I was like. Getting married. You guys are going to have babies, you know. But don't you think that happens? But I don't do that anymore now because I understand he needs to choose his own partner. Oh, thanks for that. <laughs> so there's
1: no arranged marriages happening in Leah's family.
0: Uh, I've been told it's not cool. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh Well, yeah. anyways, I have a really big issue with their ages in this book. Mm-hmm. Because if you have been pining for somebody your whole life, every single Christmas you spend with them, Mm -hmm. by the time you have hormones, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to say something or dry hump them in the closet. Like there's going to be stuff happening. When you're 26 years old, you are now a mature adult having a job for a few years after you finish college and blah, blah, blah. Have had sexual partners, Mm -hmm. have had relationships that maybe haven't worked. Mm -hmm. Or relationships that are working, who knows? And you're at a point where you're making a clear, conscious decision. This is not the age where you're then having a sloppy makeout with the person that you're not even interested in, just because you had too much eggnog. Like it's, I don't buy it. Like if she was 18, okay.
0: Honestly, I was questioning this no. too. I would have assumed that she would have hooked up with one of them when she was like sixteen, you know, seventeen, yeah. where where you're like fully responsible and all of that. But I think it could also be the familiarity factor, you know, like these are family friends and they're almost like brothers to her. At some like it's weirdly uh, at least cousin-ish, you know, the way they've been raised. Exactly. But Theo says later in the book,
1: I feel like you um, led me on, yeah, and it's like. Until we were 26, like, what? No, I didn't lead you on. You're a grown-ass man. I'm not leading you on. And in that, that scenario, she had not even been actually kissing him because that was another alternate reality
0: so what happens this happens she kisses Theo she asks her uncle for help who's not really her uncle but like a family friend uncle Uh, Andrew spots them he's like we all saw that happening so she's like my life sucks now I don't know what to do and then they basically they say oh we're gonna sell the cabin Theo and Andrew's parents right before they leave they're like we're gonna sell the cabin we're never gonna come back here again yeah Then they're in the car, they're on the way to the airport, airport. the car gets hit and she dies only to wake up in her seat on the airplane on her way to the chalet six days earlier. So she has to redo everything. (laughs) She's there again and this is where the groundhoggy thing starts but it's not quite groundhoggy because we see her day the first time around. No. Uh, So we get to experience the first day and then she doesn't make it very long. She ends up dying by like the first evening again. And gets restarted because she falls down from the attic steps and dies. And then she restarts on the plane and then she makes it to the morning after where a tree branch falls Falls on her and she dies. But then after that, she survives the whole way through.
1: And I get her anxiety during this where she's making the right decisions and she's being more herself. Mm -hmm. And she's saying, now I'm making the right decisions. Now I'm I'm getting everything I want. We should not have these toys. Back to book. Mm-hmm. So, she is getting looped and looped and looped, and then she's making good decisions, mm-hmm. our Maisie May, and then she's having anxiety of, now I have everything I want. What if I like get because- crushed by a, something and then have to start all over again? Like now I will live the rest
0: of my life uncertain. That I'm going to be in this time loop forever. For sure. Because basically, before the car crashes into them and she dies the first time around, she says, What will it take for me to be happy? Show me what will make me happy. Show me, not give me happiness. Show me. Show me. So she's really scared that when she's, when she, because the last time around when she comes into it, Um, she's very different from herself. She's like, don't go running after the dog. You're going to hurt your knees. You're going to do this. Don't freaking eat the, the candy bar. You're going to break your teeth. And she comes in with, uh, this groundhog energy, like Bill Murray has in the movie when he's like, you know, like walking through just catching stuff. And, yes. Like, I love that. He knows all of it. Um, and, and then immediately also she basically tells Andrew that she's had a crush on him for forever and that she, uh, and he was, he, and like, I love his reaction in this because it is <clears throat> like, he goes, but I never thought you were for me. So he's never even allowed himself to think about her that way because she was always meant for his brother. And I, I, I see this. This is like you do? I like this family like... dynamic kind of thing where it's like <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. you know if someone's been like. Oh, your sister's going to marry this guy. Yeah. They're going to be together forever. You're going to be like, yeah, it's cute, but I guess it's for my sister. You know, like... you. But gonna... I also... Okay, Andrew's 29. They're so
1: old for this yeah. to be happening. Okay, yeah. Andrew's 29. And when he was younger, sure, she was three years younger than him. But like nineteen and sixteen is like not yeah. really that big 17, of a deal, 20 right? Is 17, fine.
0: 20 like, is 18, 21 is great. You yeah, know? yeah, Like Now yeah. you're in. You're, now you're in like way normal territory. You know?
1: And during those years, boys have a harder time managing their um. What's the word for it? Not sex drive, but managing their boners. Okay. Yeah. So there's boners, boners, boners all uh-huh. the time. Mm-hmm. And yet, he hasn't considered her? Does that mean he's never, ever had a boner for her in 29 years? I'm yeah. not marrying that guy. Fair enough, <laughs> fair enough. But I think, I think the right?
0: reason why she made them this age mm-hmm. is really so that they will come out of this... Taking seriously. ...to have a serious relationship. And they basically get married within like, less than a year yeah. by the time they, they're actually together. So it's clearly more of a uh the age is there just to allow their relationship to progress really really quickly i think it's more that
1: and i uh, didn't mind that at all i thought Was so it? too like 26 and 29 you've loved each but other it your whole been life
0: 23 and 26 and that would have been amazing. yeah made it also would have been fine
1: i would also have would been 22
0: and 25 could have worked too yeah. you know like yeah. this this would have been a bit more realistic maybe
1: because i would have expected at 29 for him to either be in a serious relationship or broken off from a serious relationship mm-hmm. or, like, never wanting to have a relationship. Anyways, like, I figure, like, when you're around 30 is when you have these, like, bigger decisions Mm -hmm. that are heading towards you about relationships. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And uh, so Mm -hmm. I understand that you like that, like, family dynamic reaction, but for me it's like if you had had nothing in 29 years and then somebody is like, I like you, and you're like, Well, I don't have anybody else. I'll go for you. I
0: guess I'll like you, too. Yeah. Yeah, This this I don't like, but I just... I like the... Just the way he phrased it. I never thought you were for me. Yeah. Like, it's more of a... I haven't even allowed myself to think of you that way because you were never meant for me. Like... Yeah. And it was more that. Like... And he was a very sweet guy. Yeah. And, like, a a nerdy. Yeah. I mean... So, so the relationship progresses, and then at some point she has to tell him that she is living in this time loop because she's worried that it's going to end. Yeah. So she tells him, she tells him what happened with Theo, and he, everyone fucking loses their minds. And this bugged me quite a lot actually, because yes, she kissed his brother, but not in this freaking timeline. So no. this timeline, her brother has never kissed her, yeah. as far as he knows, at least. And but she
1: says, in another timeline, I kissed your brother, that's why my time loop started. And he was like, so I'm, like, second choice.
0: Yeah. And then he gets really annoyed and upset with her, and he won't let her, like, he won't talk to her. Yeah. And then at the end, when she's, like, when she has this talk with him, and, mm-hmm. and she's, like, and she's, like, so because of this, I thought we would, weren't going to have a future and blah, blah, blah. And he's, like, oh, yeah, you gave up on us so fast. And I'm like, you kicked her out. You yeah. told her no. You told her I can't even, like, I don't even want to speak with you because you kissed my brother. Like, yeah. he did all of these things. And he's like, well, you gave up fast. And, and like, yeah, yeah, she's been pining for 16 years at this point. Mm-hmm. It is unhealthy. That's unhealthy to me. <laughs> like, this
1: girl needs needed therapy and I guess that's why she ended up in a time loop so she had fast track therapy or something like that but like pining over somebody for 16 years without ever saying anything like I'm surprised this girl didn't have it riddled with disease
0: <laughs> yeah, but but I mean she was she was stressed and she was all of these things because it also comes out in this book that the parents divorced a couple of years earlier mm-hmm. and they still managed to come back and spend Christmas together at this house and and I mean I am amazed by any relationship that True. dies where the parents can still live. Like, honestly, my, my in-laws are like that. My in-laws spend Christmas together. They haven't been married for years and years and years, like wow. decades at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe time heals those wounds. But it's always been, he's, they've always been kind of fine together. Wow, that is a and unicorn. It is a unicorn. But, like, I am amazed by it because I can, I mean, if... Like my parents, they can barely be in the same room. You know, like I mean, they'll do it; they'll be civil and all of this mm-hmm. and that. But, mm-hmm. but like, would they want uh, to spend Christmas together? Like, they do it for me, and it would uh, be f- for me only. And uh, then I'd probably feel bad because uh, these people are like um, clearly <laughs> really miserable, and they're doing it for my sake. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think this is more. Uh, um, I mean, normal is there's no such thing as normal, but but like yeah. this is how. I, I would have a hard time seeing how it would be comfortable to spend Christmas with your ex. And especially if there's, like, new sure. partners involved. Or exactly, because she's like remarried. This.
1: But her, her new husband doesn't
0: follow them. No, because he spends Christmas with his kids, yeah. which is fine. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But,
1: yeah. it makes it easier
0: and stuff. And but, maybe but allows them to be about, more civil together, too. Yeah, but, I mean, they do talk about it in this book about how it's... Um, but it's very testing for the for the for everyone's relationship over the holidays when, when they were going through the divorce and also yeah. after, and yeah. she she explains that she's very much a peacekeeper, melee. Yeah. So Don't I think, you think
1: this would have been the time for Andrew if there was anything there for him to be like, I'm here for you? Like But he le- is there for her. I know, but there was nothing romantic. It just it takes so long for the romance to happen that I just didn't believe it. And then in the first sex scene which made me laugh so much because they're in this in the first sex scene they're in a um, sleeping bag yeah and in this like outside house like phone house very right? yes and uh, he's going down on her and then he like comes up and he's like I can't do it and she's like what was something wrong with like my yeah. vagina like what yeah I mean, You're, like, you, no, you I just can't your breathe. mind he's like I can't breathe under there <laughs> death by May's vagina and I was laughing so hard like, <laughs> death by suffocation on the first time I tried to be romantic with you, but that to me was like then it it was so non romantic because they have been friends and like basically fucking brother and sister, yeah, at least cousin like, they have they had a cousin, cousin
0: like relationship, so this is like
1: that kink where you like want to sleep with your step sibling
0: you know, yeah, weird, gross it's weird i see your face right now it's going very weird like and yes like way to ruin the family christmas you know after that relationship i'm just saying if we thought the divorce was going to rebound you just wait on the step-sibling breakup (laughs) (laughs) christmas party (laughs) exactly oh yeah no it's uh, the step-sibling
1: kink is like very weird to me um but it's uh, it's everywhere is it a ton of books that i read yeah
0: and um, but I think the step sibling this... kink is more of a it's more of a proximity thing as well because it's like the there's only one bed kind of thing you know like you <laughs> take this this person when if, let's say your your parents find someone new when you're a teenager and then you're like all of a sudden you're living together with this other teenager of mm-hmm. the opposite sex and it's like. It's kind of like the forced proximity. Like even if you would have never seen them in real life, now they're in your house. They're and everywhere. They're going on your vacation. Well. You know, yeah, like exactly. Like so, it's it's uh, it's not weird that you would develop feelings for them. But hopefully, they should be more, you know, sibling like rather than romantic like. And if it happens and it's real, like obviously,
1: love is love, and I accept all love. Yeah. But uh, this was a very long time of a sibling like relationship without yeah. any. Um it would have been better on both sides.
0: It would have been better if he could have said like, "Oh, I I wanted you for many years too." Like, like he said he, he says I never thought you were for me, but it would have been also nice if if he would have been like, "Yes, finally, you know." Exactly.
1: Like finally you chose me when everyone thought you were going to be for Theo. Yeah. But you chose me. I love you. Let's make babies.
0: Yes. Baby, rewrite it. Okay, you hear that, Christina
1: Lauren? We have a little editing to do. We have editing to do. I mean, we're just
0: gonna edit all of Tracy Wolf's uh, charm (laughs) first to be a a, hundred and twenty-page novella. Oh, of like
1: a cute couple Uh, falling in love by a bookshelf, playing games, drinking tea because they can finally drink tea. Maybe he could try things he's never tried before, like hot chocolate. Oh
0: yes. Maybe even champagne. Yeah.
1: Anyways, yeah. so I mean, it's all in her look, head. So
0: she, she could won't. be like, my fridge is now stocked with champagne. Yeah, exactly. The it's loveliest like, of magic. cheeses. And has yes. finished charcuterie. Exactly.
1: And, and croissants. Like, Let's learn what you like and don't like in food. Oh, you don't like blue cheese, but you love croissants. Because who else?
0: Who doesn't love croissants? Croissants is life. Croissants <laughs> are, it is life. It's true. <laughs> Honestly, I could never be gluten-free. Like, gluten free. like, if someone <laughs> came to me and told me, life. like, you are now gluten intolerant, I'd, I'd cry. <laughs> so And then it'd be, like, and lactose too, and I'm like, bread and cheese and chocolate. <laughs> like, yeah, I'd be very sad.
1: When we were having our Christmas party the other day, uh, we had to bet- get some gluten-free cockwood, which is mm-hmm. gingerbread cookies. And then goes... What is even gluten? (laughs) What the freak is gluten? True. Why do these cookies look so different because they don't have gluten in them?
0: And I was like, like, no flour, no flour. (laughs) Yeah, gluten is life. Gluten is life. Love is life. Love is life. And if you have a crush on your kind of cousin, your (laughs) pseudo-cousin, You should let them know earlier, yeah, like when you're a teenager, and don't wait until you're 26. And then you can make a
1: mistake and, like, move on from there. Yeah. but uh, And if
0: your parents can handle divorce and still celebrate Christmas together, you and your kinder cousin can handle a fling and be good after. All right. Wisdom. Word. (laughs) Told ya.
1: Guess what? Leah is letting me read a cowboy romance.
0: Christmas! And it is <laughs> all I want for Christmas is a cowboy! cowboy. So, listen in, and we'll, we'll tell you all about this horror of a book. It's gonna be amazing! And and uh, then we're at the end of the year. Woo! We'll catch you next week. Bye! We'd rather be reading Is an Original Podcast by Jerrica Seron and Leah Sanford. The music for The Penguins, written and performed by David Allred from the album The Transition, courtesy of Erased Tapes. Please check him out on Spotify and check us out on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram at We'd Rather Be Reading and on Twitter at We'd Rather Read. You can also email us at We'd Rather Be Reading The at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.